There we go. What's good, people? It's your boy Nappy Nick. This is the Holy City High Podcast. Welcome. I've been on hiatus since January. So six months of not me saying shit on my podcast. Well, guess what? I'm back, bitches. Let's get it. I'm joined by Jacob and Matt. Say hello, guys. What's going on? We got two Clemson fans. That's why I had to rock the FSU shirt. Let me put my laptop down, make sure y'all see that clear. Um, guys, we're going to do this. Um, like welcome everybody. We're going to get this rolling. Um, this is going to be a weekly thing to all my viewers. I hope everybody participate. I'm going to get the zero to more numbers as people join in. Um, if you want some comments, we have some good bets for all my viewers watching. Uh, please. What the hell is this website? Oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, I'm not worried about that right now. But are you guys ready to lock and load? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I'm gonna start with week zero. We're gonna do a review of week zero. Um, This is gonna kind of go back over the bets I made. Um, What popping? What popping? What didn't? You see how good my goal is to be above fifty percent, and I was not over fifty percent. My bets. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna let these guys comment, see what they, what best they would have made, and what best they did made on their own. Let me show. I figured this out. You know, we get old. Technology's fighting against us. Um, before I do, I'm gonna go over the week zero scores first. Um, you check them all in the ticket right below. Uh, we did have number six Southern Cal beating San Jose State, 56-28. Number 13, Notre Dame beating Navy 42 to 3. Jacksonville State beating Utah 17 to 14. Uh, UMass beating New Mexico State 41 to 30. San Diego State beating Ohio 20 to 13. Louisiana Tech beating FIU 22 to 17. And last but not least, we had the SEC opener with Vanny beating Hawaii 35 28. Vanny, fuck you from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Because y'all were 28-point favorites. That was ridiculous. Um, but you look at some especially. I can't zoom in, so people want to make do what you can see or not. Um, I went 5-7 and seven for the year. Of course, the reds, my losses, the green are what I hit on. Um, my losses consist of USC first-half points, minus 17.5. That's an L. Vanny first-half points, 9.5. Louisiana Tech first-half, 6.5. And New Mexico State spread minus six, all L's, in addition to Ohio plus two and a half, um, Vanny minus seven and a half for the spread, and the Ohio money line. Um, my wins were Jacksonville State covering plus one and a half, Vandy over 37 and a half, Notre Dame minus 20 and a half, San Jose State covering plus 32, and the Jacksonville State money line. Uh, there was only seven games, so my bets were pretty uh, limited to what I can make. Uh, any thoughts from you guys from week zero? Take any over you can on Southern Cal. That is what I think is free money because their defense is still atrocious. Take whoever they're playing to cover the spread. They have a great offense. Their defense is still trash. Oh, I absolutely agree with that, man. Uh, Second half. <laughs> and stuff. I will. I will push back a little bit. A little bit that San 
Jose State did have a pretty good offense last year, and the way they were playing that game, it looked good. Still, I don't know you should give up 28 points if you're trying to be a playoff contender, especially especially in that Pac-12. Like I know that bottom half of the Pac-12 sucks, but that top half is actually pretty good. But I think it's going to come down who actually can play defense in that conference. So we're going to get down and get two down the road. Down the road, too. But uh, – that's my week zero review. Uh, I'm going to get to it because I know the first game is at 730. So we got a little less than an hour because we have some technical difficulties with me trying to figure out how to use this shit. Um, but here we go. We're going to go to the week one slate. Um, down the ticker below, you're going to see the top 25. So for my listeners, you want to catch on to that, you're more than welcome. Um, but we're going to start with the first game, Florida at Utah. This is the Thursday night game of the week, essentially. See what my notes are for this. So I'll pop it up. And we're going to transition to week one. So our viewers can watch and kind of contribute to Nick, Matt, and Jacob. Um, if viewers want to compete with this, I'm trying to come up with uh, an app on ESPN. Little group, you can do a pick em challenge. Try to do that every week. Kind of keep tabs. Um, I'll probably do that next week. Because I just didn't think that far ahead. And I was also kind of just too busy. But once I figured it out, I'm going to come up with some rewards. Maybe like apparel from the Holy City High or something. Or some gift cards. Figure out some stuff. But we're going to start with Florida at Utah tonight. Click uh, up my eye sheets. Make sure look it over. Yeah, I'm going to need three screens when I do this. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, same thing. I need another screen. <laughs> four like that. Two's fine with threes, like, because I have to have one of my screens for the cast. Uh, uh, we got Florida and Utah. This line has jumped so much in the last four hours. Um, yeah. Stuff. Um, originally, this um, line opened up at eight and a half um, with Utah. Um, I think when Cam Ryzen was announced that he wasn't going to play, it dropped down to as low as four. Uh, right now, it's currently sitting. I have a four and a half. Um, on the screen right now, but right now I'm sitting at six, five and a half across most of these books. Um, Jacob, unless you start this one off, uh, what's your thoughts on this game, man? What you got? Um, so Utah coming off with this injury, I don't know what they're going to bring out as far as their, I don't know anything about their backup quarterback, but uh, I'm really looking at Florida with bringing in this new quarterback and Mertz. I mean, he did pretty good at Wisconsin as far as I can recall. Um, nothing major, but I feel like they were not a very pass-heavy offense, which he's pass-heavy. So I'm looking at Florida to upset them just due to this new quarterback coming in and Utah not having much offense in this game and Florida's defense probably stepping up a little bit with that happening. So I'm going to take Florida outright. Okay. For outright. Let's get that documented, man. <laughs> <laughs> Document. Florida outright. Let's put 40 ml. Uh, for my listeners watching, uh, watchers watching, I guess. Um, so, for outright right now on the main line for that. I'm trying to see, actually. I even have one. On my line, I got plus 186. 186? Okay. Yeah. We roll with that. Real money line, 186. Matt, your thoughts, buddy? 
Uh, you know, without you know, Cam Rising, and then they lost Dalton Kincaid to the NFL draft last year. I don't know how they replaced them. Uh, they have Bryson Barnes at quarterback tonight for Utah. Yep, doesn't ring a bell with me either. Um, you know, and then you got the Florida, you know, duo of Montrell Johnson and then uh, Trevor Etienne in that backfield. I, I just don't know if Utah can slow those two down enough to, uh, you know, keep it, you know, to cover the spread. Uh, you know, maybe like Jacob said, maybe outright win for Florida, but I'm definitely just going to take the quick four and a half uh, for Florida to take that four and a half. Uh, you know, Graham Mertz, you know, he's a game manager, but you can you can cover spreads with a game manager, especially with a running back duo of those two. Um, I do agree with that. Um, let me add that to that before I get my piece. Uh, plus four and a half. If Cam Rising was playing, completely different story because that dude's a gamer. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, if he's in the game, I'd probably take Utah. But without him, I, I clearly, I think Florida just has the running back tandem to make Utah's night long. All right. Um, I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, I absolutely agree. Um, I look at this game last year, and I know probably the most memorable play was that kind of like turnaround quarterback toss by Anthony Richardson. To the back of the to for a touchdown after he broke like one or two tackles previously. Um, but he was actually trash in that game <laughs> outside of that play. Um, stuff I know that uh, this game's playing in Salt Lake City and there's been a big hype about the elevation, which is a real thing. It's you're about I think 4,500 feet and uh, is where the elevation for the stadium is. But I think at the end of the day. I just truly not that Utah is a bad team, but I think uh, you know player for player, four matches them. Um, I know people are kind of like been dogging on Florida all offseason, um, <laughs> but look, they got probably one of the best running back duos in the country. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but they got they got two good ones. I mean, ETM man, I think if he balls out this year, <laughs> at minimum, he's a day two pick. Day two pick, man. Day two pick. He's Stop, in a sophomore. Uh, he's not going anywhere this year. Yeah, sophomore. Oh, so he was a yeah, freshman last freshman year. Even better. Last year. Yep. Even better last year. So, yep. But I'm gonna join Matt with the with Florida covering. I ain't gonna choose them out right, but four and a half is where we have them listed right now. Um, I think you can get them at six right now. That spread has given up from the listeners. That's on mainly on Caesars, DraftKings, and FanDuel. Um, catch you can catch that um, over under four three and a half. I'm not touching that. I think this is going to be – I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think it can hit maybe 24-17, which pushes it back But that's just more like just proof of thought. I'm not going to put money on for that. Um, but let's carry on, guys. It's a good start. We're going to move up to the next game tonight, which is also at the same time, I believe, at 7.30. Um, we have NC State going to – Freaking Connecticut um, to go play UConn, um, the women's basketball school and men's basketball too. Man, they um, went to a bowl game last year. They went to a bowl game last year. Actually, UConn was one of the uh, press of stories. Um, I think their win total was at two and a half the open season last year, um, and they went six and six. Um, good guys, uh, Matt. What's your read on this game, man? Any quick thoughts? Uh, you know. 
UConn starting. They beat out the incumbent from last year, the main quarterback transfer. You know, uh, NC State, I thought it would have been an easy pick uh, until Devin Leary decided to transfer to Kentucky. Uh, you know, as a Clemson fan, I absolutely hate NC State because of Dave Doran and all his antics. Uh, but I still think with Brennan Armstrong transferring from Virginia uh, and teaming up with the offensive coordinator he had in 2021 when he had 4,500 yards, uh, I, I think NC State can open it up, you know, mainly because of Dakari Collins from Clemson transfer in there too. Um, you know, definitely helps replace like a Taylor Thomas that uh, ended up going to the Vikings this year. So I take NC State to cover that. I believe I have it at 14 and a half. 14 and a half, good. Jacob, how are you feeling about? Well, I don't know as much about UConn. Um, I know they've been pretty horrible up until last year. Um, well, they have one win in 2021. And yeah. uh, so, but I just feel like NC State, they fought. They've had a great defense the past couple of years um, as far as points per game, yards allowed. Uh, they, I think they'll continue in that direction. And with this UConn team that's still trying to find some identity with a quarterback, they'll have to deal with a tough offensive or defensive front. And overall, I just don't think they'll be able to hang long enough uh, against a better defense than they're used to facing, and uh, NC State with this with Armstrong. I remember when he was at Virginia, he could put up some points when uh, he needed to. So I got NC State on this one. Yeah, and I think Jim Moore is doing a good job at UConn um, after that. Yeah, exactly. sure. Uh, but I, I think this is too quick when you you're uh, you're hoping to get thirty thousand fans on a. In campus, you're not gonna, you know, scare an NC State with thirty thousand fans on a, a Thursday night game. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hype them up. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> join join you guys to fourteen and a half. Um, I mean, UConn is returning seventeen players for seventeen starters from their team last year. But when you actually dissect their schedule and see who they actually beat, they really didn't beat be a team that was in the top fifty. Stuff. Um, I think NC right. State is one of the better defenses in the ACC. Um, they've been pretty consistent with that for the last few years. And um, I think that defense at least give them. Um, Brandon um, Armstrong is way better than what NC State had all last year. Uh, you, say that. you say uh, that. You say that. But Devin Leary is a better player. But he got hurt. Problem, yeah. He got hurt, though. Yeah, he did. But their quarterback situation last year, they had like walk-ons playing. Walk-ons playing, man. They were like bad. Stuff. So if they can get anything better than that, like I felt like NC State's in the ball. Um, the over on there is 47. I'm not – I got to see NC State's offense. I really don't know how it's going to look, so I wouldn't really even touch that line. I'm thinking this game's probably going to be 24 to 10. Uh, if I had to take a shot at it, maybe UConn can score a little more, but then the defense is going to pull them out. So they'll probably get some garbage points in the end. But we're all unanimous on that. We're going to move on to the next game. This is another big game on this Thursday night. We have, uh, we're going to the Big Ten, Nebraska and Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's a favorite at minus seven. Over under is 43. I'll set this one off. Um, 
You look at my notes. Why I'm taking the second. Um, Nebraska, Matt Rule. This is where I want to start this game. I'm going to talk to this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as a Carolina Panthers fan, man, this man set us back to the Stone Ages the last two years, um, or one and a half years, honestly. Um, I was never a fan of him getting hired as a Carolina Panthers fan, mainly because if you don't have NFL experience, you should not be coached as a head coach in the NFL. This never works. Nick Saban was probably the Urban best. Urban Meyer. Hmm. Urban Meyer. Um, this man just quit and was dancing with women just to try to get out of a job. Um, <laughs> stuff. But Matt Rule in college has proven that he can actually flip um, schools and get them back um, as he did with Temple and as he did with Baylor. Um, at Nebraska, I'm very interested. Nebraska is one of those blue blood programs that I don't ever see, see them coming back, honestly. Mainly not because they can't or have the money, mainly because it's just the location. Like, how can you tell a recruit out of Florida or Texas or California to come to fucking Lincoln, Nebraska? Not saying they won't get some people, but that's a hard sell when you have a lot better other options. Um, we see the NIL, NIL game can step it up. They did get Jeff Sims to transfer from Georgia Tech, um, which I am. I do like Jeff Sims. I think just him at Georgia Tech was just, just was a failure. It's just not because. Georgia Tech just doesn't take their football program as serious as they should because if, if they did, Georgia Tech could actually be one of a top 20 job just because of its location. Um, but this game actually focused on the game in Nebraska, Minnesota. These are really two teams I really don't know what to expect from. Um, P.J. Fleck at Minnesota got them the nine wins last year. They were actually tied for first in the Big Ten West, um, but they lost out on tiebreakers. That's why they didn't go to the championship. But their offense um, is a little, is a little uh, mundane and stuff. And I'm thinking Nebraska coming in with that fresh energy with Matt Rule might just need the W on this one. I'm not going to pick them out right, but I definitely can pick them to cover. Um, so I'm taking Nebraska minus the cover at plus seven. Um, pass on to Jacob. What do you thinking, buddy? Well, you talk about Nebraska not coming back as football program. Well, they got volleyball. Ninety k at a volleyball tournament. Boys, they got nothing to do out there. That <laughs> 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 people go to a volleyball game. So Nebraska, we got their volleyball, but uh, yeah, Matt Rule being back, uh, definitely back in college. I think. Uh, I mean. Yeah, he had a rough stint in NFL, that was for sure. Um, but that's not out of normal for a lot of college coaches. Uh, I'm really interested to see if he can bring what Jeff Sims can do coming over from Georgia Tech. I mean, we all know how Georgia Tech normally operates. Yeah. Uh, they're more run heavy on everything, so it would be interesting to really see if he can – Pass more, you know, Matt Rule when he had was that Baylor, they were very pass heavy. So, see what Jeff can actually do um, in the passing game and help them out. Minnesota, you know, last year just had a pretty good season. And, but I don't, this game is still a toss up to me. I, I could go either way. Um, so, if, Having to pick, I think I'm going to stick with Minnesota on this. 
uh, rule coming back and a new quarterback. I think they'll have some kinks to work out in Minnesota. Just probably, I don't know, I'm not going to say blow them out, but maybe by, I guess, the what's the line? Seven? Yeah. Line seven, yeah. So you want to take them outright? Or you want to think they're going to cover? I just, I think outright because it could end up, I think it might be like a three point game. But overall, Nebraska's got a little bit of work to do. Hear that? How about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, like you guys have said, Jeff Sims, Jeff Sims showed some flash, you know, when he was at Georgia Tech. Um, but Minnesota, you know, they like to control the game and, uh, you know, run the ball. And they got the transfer from Western Michigan, Sean Tyler. It's, it's going to allow them to do that next year. Uh, I'm not a guy that normally likes to do this, but I'm going to take the game under 43 and a half uh, just because I think, you know, Minnesota's going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock. They're going to, you know, they're going to kill the game. And, you know, with Nebraska, with Sims, he was inconsistent. Or Jeff Sims, he's inconsistent. So I don't, you know, he's going to have some three and outs. He's going to have some turnovers. Um, so, yeah, I just think the under there is going to be the way to go. Okay, hey, man. Uh, damn. It's actually, it's actually not bad. It's actually not a bad pick. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly, like you said, I think they're just going to run the ball to death, so that time is going to be ticking. Also, you got to kind of factor in, and I, I didn't really factor this in last week when I was making some of my bets. They have that new clock rule mm-hmm. where the clock is pretty much running now. So that's yeah. it gonna, it's not going to make a massive difference. Probably make a massive difference of maybe two or three possessions per game. Yeah, I mean, you're taking a minute or two off each quarter probably of that, especially in yeah. the first and second. So you're losing a possession or two each. So I, I definitely can see that stuff. But uh, let's, roll, let's keep it rolling, man. Um, next up, we got the Battle of Miami. Miami in the Midwest versus Miami in the uh, – I call my cursor. There we go. Ohio. Miami in South Florida, them Hurricanes, them Canes. And I know I might get some shit for this one because, uh, you know, as a Florida State fan, if I hate anything more than Clemson, it's definitely Miami. <laughs> um, Florida. Or Florida. <laughs> Actually, I mean, of course, I actually hate Miami. I deal with Miami fans more than I deal with Gator fans. At least the Gator fans I know are a little more reasonable. The Gators only said like when they had Tim Tebow. Since then, they've been kind of trash. Right. Yeah. Not, not hate on Florida, guys. Not hate on Florida. Not, you know, this is not this podcast for that. You know, this is a Florida State official podcast. Not, just throw that out there. <laughs> uh, but um, Miami Papa at Miami. Um, this is Friday night. Um, spread on this is 16 and a half in favor of the Canes over under 45. Um, my thoughts on this game personally is Mario Cristobal. Can you coach? What can you do? You a lot of antics on the outside. They have that billion billionaire booster. Um, but we got to see it on the field, man. This one, it seems that I would like to come back. Um, personally, if Miami's good, it's good for college football because they do have a massive fan base. People like to watch the Canes and also like four state Miami rivalry to come freaking back. Um, 16 and a half. The only questions I have for Miami is damn, who y'all gonna who's who's uh who's gonna catch the ball? <laughs> um, because their wide receivers, uh, they really didn't get no massive addition to the through the transfer portal of at receiver. So offensively, I'm still curious about this. Um, you still should be able to handle your business against the smack team. Miami, who were a bowl eligible team last year, 
But uh, if I don't remember y'all seen, the, if y'all saw the video of that guy uh, yeah. talking his junk, saying uh, the real Miami is in Miami, Ohio. No, he said we'll show them. Oh, we'll show them. We'll show them. Miami is. So man, you got back your words up, bro. You can't be. You gonna talk? You gonna talk the talk? You gotta walk the walk with it. Um, Matt, I'm gonna let you um, go first on this one. What's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, the quarterback for the Ohio cannot give a locker room of four and five stars bulletin board material. <laughs> I mean, I love the confidence. I do. You got to be confident in your team. You know, you had the top defense in the MAC last year. You were a lot of the starters, and I think that'll slow Miami down for a little bit. But you know, TBD or Van Dyke has the uh, the new offensive core grander coming in after a rough season last year. But I expect uh, Miami to be able to control the trenches and be able to just pull away and uh, cover the sixteen and a half point spread. Oh yeah, Jacob, how about you, buddy? <laughs> well, after the dumpster fire season they had last year, <laughs> the Hurricanes. Um, I think. Uh, Van Dyke has got to just continue to put up the numbers. But like you said, Nick, there's who are they going to throw the ball to? That's the big question. So one of these receivers has got to emerge as a stud that they need. But uh, on the flip side, only what Gabbert is the little brother from Blaine uh, yeah. up there. I don't know. Does he have anybody to throw the ball to? I don't know. <laughs> um, I've never seen him play. I don't know. I do like a good underdog, but I don't think this is the underdog story today for me. Um, I do think Miami will cover. I'm just interested to see if they can turn this around from last year because it would be nice to see Miami somewhat in contention of a winning season and helping out the conference a little bit instead of yeah, that's the <laughs> recruiting classes, you know, the last couple of years, especially under uh, their new head coach to be turning the corner. But I don't know if that means anything anymore. With transfers. I do like I do like them to cover. Uh, I and their points. I think the over on this too might be interesting. Um, At forty-five. Yeah, because I mean, I think Miami's going to score upwards of. Middle, probably 28 at least, but their defense probably will give up some too. So I think it could get up there. You taking both? I'm not going to take both. I like I like the over too, but I'm going to take Miami cover. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Miami money line on this. Um, this oh, you can't do that. That's like. <laughs> Negative one ninety or negative two fifty. Yeah, I know, but like, uh, okay, how about this? I, I'll I'll actually fight y'all on this. Um, I'm gonna take Miami of Ohio to cover. Oh, on this, and I know uh, people I are gonna probably it. say because you're a four state hater, you're probably just <laughs> <laughs> take this right now. But it's actually in the favor of uh. Uh, the Bucks. Um, I look at the Bucks and look at the lines, man. 59 percent of the money got Miami of Ohio covering. Um, that defense is legit, man. For a Mac team, I, I think the defense is good. Yeah, the defense is legit. So I think they keep them closer in the game. And 
don't mean Miami has to show me before I can actually put money on them to see they can actually do it. Um, because they're kind of like up there with Texas. Like, all right, when you're going to actually show up? <laughs> We're waiting. That's true. Yeah. You're waiting. You've been in the ACC for almost 20 years now, and you've been in one championship and haven't won nothing there. Until you actually do it, I don't believe in you. Yeah, Miami fans, gang, gang. <laughs> uh, we'll keep it moving. Try to uh, expedite this a little bit on some of these games. Um, next game we got showing up is Louisville going to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech. Um, spread at seven and a half on Louisville. I'm going to start off with this one. Uh, that's some notes on this one, actually. Um, Louisville has a new coach from Purdue. Um, what's his name? Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown. Offensive mom. Purdue was in the Big Ten championship game. Had pretty good high-power offense with them. Um, they have a chance for quarterback come in, too, from Purdue, Jack Plummer. Um, He's from Cal. He went to Cal last year. Even, yeah, he did go to Cal. My bad. I missed this. He right but Cal suck. Fuck Cal. Louisville, I know, I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all probably follow this. So Louisville has probably the best schedule lineup in the ACC of any team because um, they don't have to play Florida State and they don't have to play Clemson. And they are kind of like, I think, the dark horse pick to make it to the ACC championship. I don't see it. Um, I don't, I just, how their schedule lines up, I think they're going to still like scrub up something. But their favor, I think, in almost 10 out of 12 games on their schedule, which is crazy to, uh, to believe and stuff. Um, but I am going to go with them to cover against Georgia Tech. Um, like I said earlier, man, Georgia Tech has the ability to be a top 20 or top 25 program consistently if the school actually just took their football program seriously, putting the actual money into it, which they have. I'm talking to a lot of people, mainly because if you can recruit Atlanta, you can recruit anywhere. Essentially, you keep the in-state. Um, tidbit on that, you know, you ever want to look at Georgia State coverage. Georgia State is actually a really sneaky good team to make some money off of. That's just like, you know, because I care for my viewers and listeners. That's for you guys. But uh, on this particular game, um, I think uh, that, uh, Jeff Brom is, is coming back, uh, pretty much coming back home. Um, it, it's kind of crazy because Louisville and Cincinnati's Essentially, swap coaches. <laughs> essentially, stuff because they hated Sadfield or whatever the other guy was, for whatever reason. Um, I'm curious about Louisville. I, I don't know if they're gonna be a dark horse when the ACC, but I always feel like that Louisville, that city, kind of supports that program as their professional team, since they won't ever really get a professional uh, team in that city. Um, and I think if you recruit right in in that in that game shows up, uh, that school can actually be something. We see if ACC would be the ACC down in the future. Um, but that I'm also going to take this uh, not just the cover, but I'm I'm also going to take the over under the over at 48 and a half. I think this is going to be a high score game. I don't think this is going to be a defense. I think it's part of at least Louisville puts up 40, and Georgia Tech might put 20. I think it should be closer to 60. My thoughts. How about you, Jacoby? What do you think, Bob? Um, <clears throat> yeah, Louisville, everyone has been talking about them as a dark horse, too, but with them not playing Clemson and or Florida State, I just don't see 
I mean, I, I feel like yeah, they got an easy road, but uh, down the road, they would definitely get probably smacked by either one of us. Um, don't know what Georgia Tech's really got going on this year. They haven't looked into this game as much. Um, I do like Louisville to cover. I don't that's really all I got on this game. I haven't done any research on Georgia Tech this year. So. We all go above, I understand. How about you, Matt? Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, uh, Georgia Tech bringing in a new coach, too. The interim Brent Key is going to replace Jeff Collins. Um, you know, he went 4-4 four and four last year, and, you know, he kept that tradition of running the ball. Uh, you know, Key is an offensive lineman from Georgia Tech, from, you know, under Paul Johnson's days. Uh, and I think he's going to, you know, keep that tradition of running the ball. Uh, like you mentioned, Nick, Jack Plummer moving over from Cal, you know, had the six most passing yards in Cal's history last year in a season. Uh, you know, they got Georgia State, as you mentioned as well. They had a receiver transfer from them. He was like one of the top in the recruiting portal. Uh, but I think, you know, give me those two over, you know, Texas A&M's transfer quarterback that Georgia Tech's going to run out there and Hayes King. And I just think uh, Louisville's going to cover that one. Just give me the running back or give me the quarterback and the receiver combo. Hear that, man. Which Hayes King was a five-star recruit, too. Which is he was, but hell, it was three crazy. years ago now. Think about how yeah, three years ago, five-star recruit. It just hasn't paid out, man. Sometimes it just happened that way. Yeah. All right. Um, this next game, I'm not going to give too much information because I pretty much, I think most of us are probably going to be in line with it. But we'll just touch on it, make a little quick pick. We got UVA taking on Tennessee in Nashville. Um, everybody knows of the tragedy at Virginia that happened last year and stuff. Um but outside of that, um, Virginia lost a lot of their players. A lot of players transferred out of this program, too. Um, uh, what's his name? What's the coach there uh, from Clemson? It's uh, Tony Yeah, um, a lot. Man, l- listen to some of the college football podcasts. No one has faith in this guy. Most people think he's going to be fired by mid end of the season. Um, Tony Elliott, that's what it was. Um, yeah. I'm not uh, – yeah, I mean, it's Tennessee to cover. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Joe Milton's taking over for them. I think he has probably the biggest arm in college football. I like Jamarcus Russell vibes. Hopefully he's not like a bust like Jamarcus Russell vibes. But uh, we're going to go with the volunteers, man, taking cover 28. Let's go. Matt, how are you thinking, Bo? Like you said, Joe Milton can throw it a mile, but is, can he be accurate? That's the question I want to see. Uh, I think, it's like you said, UVA's first game since that tragedy where they lost three guys last year, so there's going to be emotions on that sideline. Uh, does that play into it? Probably not. Um, you know, Tony Elliott lost Brennan Armstrong to NC State and uh, you know, replaced him with an FCS quarterback and lost his top four receivers from last year as well. Uh, just give me the Tennessee to cover with a lot of talent returning. Oh, yeah, man. Actually, one of those cornerbacks is on four states, Foster. Who knows? Vega, <laughs> <laughs> what your thoughts? Any quick thoughts on this game? I got the same thing y'all got. Uh, you know, Milton 
coming off the end of the season he had last year, but um, we'll see if he can continue. Um, know they've lost a little bit, but he'll he'll definitely, I think, continue to just get better as the season goes. Um, and UVA, they just they're kind of rebuilding. It looks like to me. Uh, <laughs> so, and going up against that Tennessee, you saw what they did to us last year. And they just had our way. They had their way, you know, and I just feel like UVA is not even close in that. So, cover this easily. Also, guys, let's keep moving. That's, uh, that's UNT across the board. Uh, the Tennessee-Virginia game. We're going to move on to one of the biggest – games of the weekend, not because of the programs, but mainly because of the coach that's coaching one of the programs. Uh, we got the Buffs, Colorado, taking on the TCU at uh, number 17, our uh, second-place finishers from last year. Stuff who got beat by 60 in the national championship game. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to see how they rebound. They come in season 17. Um, this is going to be a featured Big 12 matchup. I got some crazy thoughts on this game, so I'm going to let Jacob take it off before I put my thoughts in. So, Jacoby, what are we thinking on this game? Um, I'm With Dion coming in, obviously it's been publicity, publicity, publicity. I mean, totally revamped the team. I mean, there's an ungodly amount of players that transferred in. Um, I'm really interested to see how Sanders will play tonight, his son. I mean, two seasons, he threw 70 touchdowns, I think something like 16 picks. I know it's at a lower-level play, but that's going to be interesting how he'll transfer over into um, D1. But uh, TCU quarterback at Morris, uh, obviously he got injured last year, uh, even though uh, they still made a national championship run without him, um, and he still got a starting job, so it'll be interesting. But I think this hype around Colorado, they might be a team that shocks us this year. I Personally, I think, um, but I could be completely wrong on this because – of Dion, but uh, I'm going to take TCU to uh, not cover the 20 and a half spread. Okay. So Colorado. I'd rather cover. Uh, Matt, your thoughts? 87 newcomers on the Colorado football team. That is insane to think about. Uh, you know, that's a big matchup, I think, between TCU's new four receivers they brought in versus that Colorado secondary with Shiloh Sanders and Travis Hunter. Uh, and with like one of three returners and Trevor Woods at safety. Uh, you know, Max Duggan, drafted in the NFL, Heisman finalist, was a backup. Like, how good is this Chandler Morris guy? Like, that's the real question. Um, you know, if this game was, in fact, in prime time for Dion. You know, maybe I'd, you know, take Dion here, but I'm going to take Colorado uh, to not cover is what, or to cover, excuse me. TCU is not going to cover, uh, but I do think it'll be 17 point game. Okay, 17. Now, as you all very well know, the prime time 
got his name at Florida State University. Well, here we go. In the 90s. With a rap video, with the Gerald Crow, everything, man. Dion was one of my favorite players in NFL history, not just mine, most of any people. But, B-U-T, on an interview yesterday, they asked him, where did he, what, where did he play or where he, where he, uh, what school he, he claimed at Talladega University is where he graduated from. And he wouldn't even mention Florida State by name. And I think something, and you know, one of my favorite podcasts I like to watch is the Cup 3 podcast, which is a good podcast, um, CBS Sports. They have the best college football podcast, um, after the whole city high, right? But, um but not nah, and uh, one of their uh, one of their anchors, who actually was a former quarterback at Florida State, Danny Cannell, uh, got to a, a cop, not a heated argument, but kind of a little tad bit of information uh, back and forth with him and Dion. And I shared that to my Instagram story, so you can follow me on Instagram. You can check it out. Um, but now nah, uh, I think Dion's just salty about not getting the Florida State job that first time around, <laughs> and that's what that was. So. I'm gonna take TCU the goddamn cover because you know what, Dion? If you're gonna be hating, I'm gonna match your energy. Well, didn't he also get turned down from TCU? Huh? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So this is also gonna bring a little added uh <laughs> look, added heat, a little spice to it, man. But kind of like piggyback of a message. I mean, 57 new players. This is the 87. Or 87 new players. 87. Um 51 That's transfers, I think. Oh, overall. Let me double check though. So I thought it was 51. Yeah, 51, 27 from um, Power 5 conferences before. Um, but the thing is, TCU got some pretty good transfers themselves. Um, they got three good plays from Alabama, a wide receiver, a running back, mm-hmm. and offensive lineman, in addition to a tie in from LSU, and another wide receiver from Texas AM and stuff. Um, I don't think they're going to have a run where they're going to make it back to the college football playoff and national championship. But I still think this is going to be a 9 10 win team. And Sunday Dykes can't coach as he's proven. Um, I'm taking TCU to covers 20 and a half. Main reason, um, Colorado has a lot of good skill players. Travis Hunter, um, you, you know what he did to Florida State, too. So it's a spice on this motherfucker as he was no more player, originally committed to Florida State. And on, on Sunday day, he flipped, Dion flipped him. And that thing hurt. It hurt me, man. That's so, the real reason he's taking TCU. <laughs> Dion and Travis Hunter. There you go. Yeah, I hear, man. I like to match energy, man. I don't like to get even. I'll match energy with you. Um, <laughs> but uh, not just because of that, but the main reason is um, you got to understand Colorado was the worst power five team in college football last year. And even with a roster hall like that, most of these guys they take in, other than a few, few guys they got from Jackson State, uh, most of them were either like borderline starters to backup players. Um, and they really didn't get no one on the offensive defensive line that really like could be a significant game changer um, stuff. And that's where I think they're going to get killed. Also, if they get hit by the injury bug, man, that depth is not there. Second, third team or his weight is, is a massive gap between first team and second stuff. So if they lose a key couple key players, man, it can spiral out of control. Third, we just don't know if Deion can coach at this level yet. You have to see. Um, I think he will, um, given that Colorado is putting the money into this program to actually take their football program seriously. 
I don't think it's going to happen immediately, especially not in game one. Give me TCU to cover 20 and a half. Then they're going to light them up, man. Go. Go Horns. I don't, know, I don't even know what Horn Frog is, honestly. I'm just wanting to see if Hypnotoad comes back like it did last year on uh, formerly Twitter. Those are <laughs> some very interesting videos. Dude, Futurama's back, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. All right, let's move on, man. Uh, we're going to go to the West Coast. Uh, Friday night game. Uh, Boise State at Washington. Washington is the 14-point favorite. Over-under on this game is 59. Uh, Matt, thoughts on it? Michael Penix Jr. is the only name you need to know. That mm. is a dark horse Heisman pick, and I think he could be possibly hold your hair, paint your nails, Caleb Williams, the best quarterback in the big or Pac-12. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, they're uh, they're they're balanced too. They got uh, you know, Braylon Price, APL American with 70 QB hurries last year, and it's going to slow down that Boise State run game. So give me uh, give me Washington to cover that score. Oh yeah. Uh, Jacob, how about you, buddy? Well, yeah, with Washington, they definitely, with Pennington, I think, are going to make a good run this year. Um, definitely give USC a run for the money. Um, you know, I love Boise State, team on NCAA for a long time. The blue field, but Washington still just got more power over them. I think they'll just control the game from the start. And Boise doesn't have a Cullen Moore anymore. They don't have the coaching staff that they used to. So, yeah, Washington runs away with this one. Washington cover. That's two picks. We all like unison today, man. Y'all are like that Kershaw County just loving each other. Yeah, man, we talked to each other before. We had to talk about our picks. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I've been. This is a game I was really torn on. Um, I think Washington. Like I think you agree. Michael Benz Jr. was probably one of the biggest surprises of college football last year. Like I, I always thought he was good. I just thought he was kind of. You just never know he was at Indiana. Even Indiana, they got seven, eight wins. Indiana just got no attention. Yeah, we got hurt too. So it was like I think people kind of forgot about that. But uh. That offense is, like, electric, man. Washington, like, really is a dark horse playoff team. I think it's really going to come up to their defense. If the defense can step up and just be top 50 defense because um, they were horrible last year. Also, they got probably the two of the best uh, best wide receivers in college football um, pairing. Like, they, them, <laughs> you can't cover them, guys, man. Not one don't tell one. Ohio State fans that. They'll have a connection. I, yeah, I, I know Marvin Harrison's out there, man. I ain't going to hurt him. <laughs> But like they can put big numbers, man. They're not gonna be facing uh, too many good defenses out there out in the Pac-12. Um, they can be putting numbers. Like I said, this is kind of my dark horse pick to take out USC. And given how USC looked in the game, that first game, it's looking better. I can't. I don't know if Washington plays at USC or the USC plays at Washington. I guess I look into that. But um, also, 92% of uh, bets have have it. Uh, on the Huskies, man, covering. Um, guess what? I'm going to go with you guys, too, man. Minus 14, let's do it. We're going to go with the Huskies, man, of Washington. Also, I got some good people in Seattle, man. I want them to come at me. It's at Southern Cal, by the way. It's at Southern Cal? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a 
That's gonna be a good one, man. I can't wait for that one. You got a while. It's in November. November, yeah. We like a side cow schedule, man. Their back back part of schedule is loaded. Like they play all those Pac-12 teams. They're good back-to-back weeks in November. Um, we'll yep. keep it moving, man. Uh, next one, we won't have to spend too much longer because I don't think I think Robert probably used on this one. But we're gonna have West Virginia at Penn State. Uh, Penn State twenty and a half uh, point favorite over the uh, Mountaineers. Um, this is actually a big rivalry game. Um, not as big as West Virginia and Pitt, obviously, but Pennsylvania being right next to the West Virginia, for sure. They those those grass cross each other a lot in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm gonna give quick thoughts on this game. Um, West Virginia coach uh, is playing for his job, man. That's he's hot. That's he is super hot. Yeah, like super hot. Um, and I feel bad for him, man, because I don't really. I know West Virginia is known for being good, but in the NIL era, NIL era. I just don't think they can compete. <laughs> I don't think they just have the budget at some of these uh, larger schools. Um, but strangely enough, West Virginia was competitive last year. Like, you know, they did be Oklahoma and they did be uh, Oklahoma Who State. Who did? I, mean, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Texas destroyed them. It was like 40 to nothing. Yeah. I got, I got, I got a hot seat. Venable's on a hot seat, too. Good <laughs> stuff. I understand that too, but I think they could be. They were competitive in other games. I mean, TCU being by ten. I mean, they did. They did get blown out a few other games. So I think you're playing for your. You're playing for your job. You got to show up in week one. With that being said, I think Penn State is just too loaded. They're loaded at every position. Um, they're on my dark horse picks in the Big Ten to win the Big Ten. Um, personally, I think that Big Ten is going to come down to a three-way tie because I think those teams are going to just beat each other. Um, but uh, in this particular game, give me the Nittany Lions, man, cover, 20 and a half. Uh, Jacob, what are your thoughts, brother? Yeah, I got Penn State definitely uh, being a dark horse for them. I think Michigan, and they're going to beat up on each other. Down, There might be another two Big Tens in the playoff this year again. But uh, – and I got Penn State over Michigan this year, I think, with Ohio State being another one. But uh, as far as West Virginia goes, uh, I just don't see them hanging in there. Um, it might be close first quarter, quarter and a half, but after that, Penn State's just going to slowly just run the ball down, control the ball, um, take them plus 20 or minus 20 and a half. Let's hear it. Hear that, buddy. Matt, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, I don't want to keep doing the same thing and just keep repeating you guys. Neil Brown's seat's hot. Uh, Penn State lost that left guard that had to medically retire. Uh, I hate to hear that for him. Uh, Drew Aller, the new Penn State quarterback, uh, you know, five-star, supposed to be the guy. Um, You know what? I'm going to be different. You know, originally I was going to take Penn State, and you even put me in there for Penn State. I'm going to take, just to be different, I'm going to take West Virginia at 20 and a half because they they always find a way to keep it close. Oh, Uh, look at me being Yeah, you did. I'm I'm probably going to regret this decision more than likely because I originally planned on taking Penn State. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm tired of being me and Jacob being the same. So... (laughs) I got a feeling we're about to be different on some stuff. But. Yeah, these we'll four see. games, me and Russell, these next yeah. four. 
So, yeah, these next four might be where we differ the most. Yeah. Uh, let's get to it, man. As we, uh, as viewers, got four games left in the docket. Uh, my goal is to stick to 13 games a week. So 13 and 14 depends on how the week lines up. Um, this is a big game, obviously, for reasons. Battle of the Carolines, Battle of the Carolines. Um, taking place of uh, Bank of America Stadium here in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we have the number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels taking on the Gamecocks. Jacob's second favorite team. Um, <laughs> we got the old runner at 64 and a half. Um, Matt, I'll let you start with this one. We got two Clemson boys, guys. Notes from viewers. These are two Clemson boys. Let's keep Drake, that as a So we're going to start with uh, Mr. Buchanan over here. Drake May and Spencer Rattler. I don't know if there's going to be a better quarterback matchup uh, right now. UNC struggled to finish the season, whereas Carolina – you finished on a high note, unfortunately, uh, beating Tennessee and Clemson. UNC lost offensive coordinator Phil Longo to Wisconsin. But you know who they did bring back? Gene Chizik, who gave up 30 points a game last year. Uh, South Carolina's running back room is bare bones. You know, they had to convert a quarterback to receiver, and now he's playing uh, running back for them. He's actually starting running back into Kerryon Joyner. We'll be surprised if we see some pick plays or, uh, you know, surprise plays there. Uh, you know, Jaheim Bell to FSU, I think, hurts. Uh, and then they lost Stogner as well to back to Oklahoma. But give me the Gamecocks to win this with Rattler and Juice Wells being too much for that sorry North Carolina secondary who couldn't stop a nosebleed last year. Hear that? That's just the money line? Yeah, I'll take a money line. Take a money line? Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Thoughts? Um... Same thing he mentioned, you know, quarterback matchup is going to be a great matchup. Uh, really interested to see what Rattler, if he can be consistent. That's my big thing with him. At Oklahoma, he was hit or miss. And then also at uh, Carolina last year, he was. And then, um, but like you said, North Carolina's defense was horrible. So, um, they, although I do think uh, they might have some improvement, Gene Chisholm in his second year. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Carolina to cover uh, the Tar Heels on this one. thought we were going to be different, Jacob. thought we were going to be different. You took, I thought you took – never mind. All right. No. <laughs> you took South Carolina. No, um, the Tar Heels. The oh, Tar-Hills. you took the Tar Heels. Okay, all right. You took Tar-Hills. I heard all of that. So we are different. Yeah. It was, it was Carolina both parts. Um, for me, um, if there's not much of a – this is probably the closest thing to a pickup game of all these games uh, today, quite honestly. Um, Drake May uh, is projected probably top five pick. Draft come out. He's he's good. Like, I'm on the stuff like that. But kind of like what Matt said, that defense is horrible. They bring back the DC. They really didn't add no significant pieces to the transfer portal or the recruiting to make me think otherwise that they're going to improve. Um, unless they just gather the experience from last year and then just uh, try to become at least a top 50 defense. Um, don't forget, North Carolina lost the last four games of the season last year and still made it to the ACC championship. Let's just tell you how bad that division was. <laughs> um, but uh, as as far as pick Spencer Rattler, I do agree. Can he be consistent? 
Uh, Spencer Rattler has got a lot of hype because of Netflix, and he has not lived up to it to the level you would think for a five-star quarterback coming in. Um, in addition to it, there's a pretty big name freshman from Flowtown that's right behind him that's backing him up. And a lot of people stuff, you know, might put that pressure on him, you know, and just just throwing it out there, you know. Yeah, it's only but, um, after with Syracuse, Nick. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm uh I'm gonna take the over the over on this actually. Um, I'm not gonna go to pick him. I think both defenses are not gonna be able to stop a nosebleed. Um, South Carolina did lose a lot of players um, in the transfer portal call on both sides of the ball. Um, and their defense wasn't necessarily elite. It did take advantage of some situations. Also, South Carolina turned the ball over too much last year. 27 times last year. 27 times. That is a prime number. <laughs> 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 27 times. You should never be doing that. But uh, 64, 64 and a half, man, I think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, I'm thinking – 35-38, potentially, and stuff like that. A game, game, uh, game in field goal by North Carolina. Personally, <laughs> game cop fans don't come after me. Don't come after ACC, AC. That's stuff. Uh, but I'm going with over man, sixty four and a half. Uh, that's that's Kevin all man. We got the ten o'clock late night game with the game that clears. Traveling over to the West Coast, go meet Snoop Dogg and throw up some doobies and <laughs> go to Pasadena, California to the Rose Bowl to go play UCLA under its um, spread is minus 14 and a half for UCLA over under 66. Jacoby, what do we think about the Chanclairs versus the Bruins? Um, <clears throat> traveling all the way over there, uh, they've had pretty decent past couple years um i just i don't know this year what they're gonna bring as far as being able to make a run at anything going out to ucla with uh what is it chip kelly i can't remember yeah chip kelly and his offense out there um i think they're just too much for him um 14 and a half is pretty i think I thought that was a very uh, low line for that matchup, but unless there's something on coastal side that I haven't realized, uh, I think UCLA kind of just takes this one. Hear that, big, man? Big, 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 big. Everything big. All right, big timer. Uh, Matt, what's your thoughts, brother? UCLA doesn't have a quarterback right now. They're uh, they're gonna have a three three man rotation. Uh, you know their defense is going into their third coordinator in just as many years. They ranked 116th nationally last year in the pace or uh, passing defense. Uh, Grayson McCall's won it three or the uh, Sun Belt three times, Player of the Year uh, in a row. Uh, the Bruins are ground and pound. They averaged 237 yards a game. You know last year. Uh, of rushing. Um, so I do think they run the ball a little bit more. Uh, give me Grayson McCall to cover that spread with Coastal. Uh, he's just a like, salt of the earth kind of guy with the mullets from Coastal. Give me them to definitely cover against UCLA at 14 and a half. Let's go. Down with, down with the Shannon Clears. Um, 
Coastal was it 2021? Yeah. Um, yeah. Every bet I had with Coastal that game that year, I won. They were, uh, they can overall, they were 11 and 1 against the spread. Uh, 2022, I think they were 9 3. Um, they do lose James Chadwell. He went, he goes to the Liberty, um, because Jesus has a lot of money, so I can't fault him for it. Um, Tim Beck takes over Coastal Carolina, um, as head coach. Um, Grayson McCall is the only three time Sunbelt player of the year. Um, in addition, I think Sunbelt is probably you know, over the next couple of years has become the best group of five conference, given the teams they have acquired with them, App State, um, Louisiana, and a few other programs, Georgia State. Um, in this particular game, kind of like Matt said, we don't know who the hell is going to be quarterback for UCLA. We'll do a rotation. Um, we're going to look at UCLA's defense, and we're going to see um, how they go against this Coastal's offense. I'm not even really sure how this Coastal offense is going to be. I'm not sure if they're going to do the uh, – Essentially, it was like a, a spread version of the triple option is how they ran last year. I don't know if they're going to kind of do something similar or if the run's going to be the focus. But I do like Grayson McCall to actually uh, cover the cover the spread in this game. That 14-and-a-half, man. You know, South Carolina probably might have a little play in this. Um, Dirty Myrtle, man, the mullets, though. I'm a big fan. So I'm in line with Matt <laughs> with this, man. 14-and-a-half. Coastal Carolina. I feel like McCall's been there for like 15 years. Like, I know. It's been like now. forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> like to be like my age now in his 30s and has a family or something. Yeah, right. Um, well, fun fact, actually, as we about to go to the pretty much the game of the weekend, um, as we get ready for the only top 25 matchup of both teams facing each other, that's just a top 10 matchup. Um, we go down to Orlando, Florida to see the LSU Tigers take on my Florida State Seminoles. Um, the spread is LSU favorite at minus two and a half. Over under is 56. Uh, yeah, look at those cute. Um, sorry, look out my window. <laughs> Might be a stepdaddy, man. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, sorry, I got pause. Uh, Jacoby, start with you, buddy. What do you think about the Seminoles and the Tigers? First of all, screw the Moles. Oh, all right. Now that's out of the way. Um, this by far is going to be one of the best games probably of the year. Um, LSU, obviously, we know they got returning Perkins, Daniels, um, great wide receivers. Uh, Florida State, I'm the same there. Travis and uh, that Wil- was it Wilson and Coleman at the receivers. Yeah. Um, so offensively, these two teams match up pretty, I, I would say, pretty close. Um, but I think FSU does etch out on the defensive end. That defense is just, that defensive front is going to be nasty. Um, their quickness overall is, uh, I, I think he's going to top LSU over, um, and being in Orlando, essentially that's a home game for Florida State, um, in my opinion, 
I know LSU will travel well, but um, I got to give this one to FSU again. Oh, yeah. Go ahead now. Look at my ACC homie. Matt, your thoughts. Can we just get a repeat of last year's nail biter? That's all I'm asking for. Um, I mean, that would be cool, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a box screws all in the spreads, but yeah. <laughs> I bought Phil Gold in the game after, you know, FSU turned it over and just let them march down the field, uh, you know, and then blocks the extra point. I'd, I'd take that over again. Uh, FSU, a lot of returning talent with Jared Verse, who I don't know why he didn't just take the first round money in the NFL draft last year. Um, Jordan Travis, you know, that, that whole offense looks like they're returning. Uh, Jane Daniels looks like he's going to be a problem uh, last year after transferring from Arizona State. Uh, LSU tried to get a week zero game so they could get their defensive tackle, who had a one-game suspension for signing autographs in 2021 before NIL. They, they couldn't do it, so he's out. Uh, Mason Smith, you know, apparently he's a really big part of their defense if they're trying to schedule a week zero game to get him to play against this one. Uh, John Emery, who's a senior running back in their rotation, also out. Um, I'm interested to see how FSU uses Jaheim Bell, um, unlike South Carolina, who didn't use him as a utility knife, which I think he could have been used as. But you know what? Give me LSU and the point to cover just because LSU wants revenge from that loss last year. Mm. <laughs> there has to All be right. one of us. There has to be one. <laughs> I, I, I respect that. I respect that. Um, truthfully, this game is a pick em. Um they were all these hot people in my neighborhood. Um, <laughs> um, focus, 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 Nick. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, this is uh, by far the best matchup of the weekend. Um, two top ten teams, two teams that can win the conference, two teams that can make the playoff. Um, as you know, y'all see the shirt, so I'm not going to trip. Y'all know where I'm going with the pick. I get my thoughts on the game, actually, taking my fandom out of it and actually give you uh, a non-biased um, info. Um, I think this game's going to come down to a few things. Um, kind of like what Matt said with the transfer, Joaquin Bell, I'm probably was the most excited transfer I was excited um, Tyen was probably was our weakest position. Um, I think he could be a Swiss Army knife. Um, the biggest surprise was getting Keon Coleman late in the transfer report for Michigan State. Um, personally, I know Johnny Wilson is what people talk about, but I think Keon Coleman is, going, is our best wide receiver. And I think it's clearly going to be seen. Um, but both guys are top 100 players according to ESPN. In addition to Jordan Travis, Jaheen Bell, and Trey Benson, um, with LSU, Jaden Daniels, Brian Kelly, um, that's a pair to watch. Even though they're back at the quarterback, um, highly rated. I can't think of his damn name right now. Let me see if I can pull up. I'll come back to later. Uh, ain't that big of a deal. Um, could pressure him down the line. I don't think it's going to happen this game. Um, uh, one note, though, um, on LSU side, their uh, secondary has been ravaged with injuries. Um, I think they have, they're missing two starters and they're missing four players in that secondary entirely. Um, I think that's going to be a big key going against these uh, FSU receivers. Um, 
in addition to losing, like I said, Mason Smith on the D-line. Um, and even last year when Mason Smith played, uh, Force held up on that defense line pretty well. Um, stuff. Um, this is, you know, for a guy that's been going – Going through it with Florida State for the past like seven or eight years, especially with the offensive line. I'm like, oh my God, why can we not recruit offensive linemen? Uh, I think this is part of the best offensive line group. Uh, we had two or three players lose their starters last year, lose their starting spots due to your transfers or new recruits come in. So we're about two deep back there. Um, we lost Trayshawn Ward, which honestly was my favorite running back of the running back groups. Uh, he went over to K- Kansas State. I think he's going to ball out over there. So it's all Trey Benson. But Trey Benson is kind of like a uh, – kind of reminds me of Jonathan Stewart. He's kind of like – well, a little bit more speed stuff. Then, you know, we got the Heisman Dark Horse, uh, Jordan Travis, coming to show up and stuff. You know, oh, no, see Matt shaking his head. Um, but fun fact, this is the third straight year that Brian Kelly has to play for State to open the season. And right now it's 1-1. Uh, they lost 40, I think it was 41-38 in the Nordane Florida State game. Then it was 30-31. Um, spread is two and a half. I'm taking the nose all damn day. Um, um, Florida State went to New Orleans last year, and there was more Florida State fans than there were LSU fans in that in that dome. At least they were louder, clear as day. Um, Orlando, I'm feeling that same energy. At uh, UCF Stadium, um, I think they're going to show that out. I think not just for Florida State, but for the ACC as a whole to take this conference to the next level. They got to win this game, um, and they got to show out. Um, also, you know, seeing Clemson's down the road, which is also part is a big game in the next two or three weeks. You know, I think Florida State is going to make an impression. Give me the nose minus plus two and a half. You don't want to take a money line, man. You don't want to be a little bit uh, more confident. Uh, you're so confident. Why don't you take him out right? I like you talking. It's only, it's only two I guess you guys, man. We put that money line there. I'm that confident. Honestly, I think it's like well, people forget before it was actually closed. Florida State was one yard from scoring and making that double digit game. Yeah, like, so you know that game was dominated by Florida State for three quarters until they can't. You know, the it's huh? same no, quarterback. He would do the ball. We uh, those toss. Yeah, same running back, same quarterback. Yeah. Stuff, but you know, we you know that's probably my tab is about for say we get cute in situations we only be cute in. <laughs> you haven't so earned the right to be cute yet. Oh, y'all come see us September 23rd. Y'all just y'all like James did. I mean, you've been you've been relevant since <laughs> when 2016? You haven't been where y'all been? I mean, hey, I will say that you know. PTSD. The last time we we played a top five matchup, it was against Alabama, and we lost the quarterback for the whole season. <laughs> that was in 2017. You better hope that doesn't happen because if yeah, not, you can go ahead and kiss your season goodbye, and Jared Verse will probably walk away. <laughs> nah, I think Tate Roadmaker or backup's not that bad. Yeah, no foul. We'll <laughs> but we don't carry on to our final game. You no, know, I had to kind of draw back before we got talked about these other guys. Um, we go, but we're going to the Monday night game in Durham, North Carolina. Number nine Tigers travel up I-85 and go take on the Duke Blue Devils. Minus 13, the Clemson over under is 55. Mr. Buchanan started off with your Tigers. 
Riley Leonard is the best quarterback on that field. Um, I'll say that now. I know it's probably not going to be a you know good thing from the Tiger fans, but Riley Leonard is a stud quarterback. Uh, Elko has really turned around that Duke program really quick. Uh, I'm a little bit optimistic to see what Clubnick does at quarterback with Ephraim and snaps last season. Uh, North Carolina, he looked great. Tennessee, he did what he could. Um, but, you know, I think he really needs to rely on Shipley and Moffa a little bit more. Let's uh, take a little bit off of Cade with that, you know, more experienced O-line. Uh, defensively, I'm interested to see Peter Woods. After all, I've heard about him in the spring, a five-star D-tackle. He's listed as a co-starter. Um and to see what Wes Goodwin can do in that second year uh, and hope that offensively Garrett Riley can make our offense not quite as uh, vanilla as it had been. Duke returns a lot of starters, and I expect to be a good matchup. Um, I'm going to take the Tigers to cover this game, which is unusual for me after the last couple of years. Let's do it. Jacob, here we go. Well, I will – Go ahead and go on record saying, as I have placed a bet, when the Heisman odds came out on Club Nick. Um, so there's that. For um, I think his upside is a lot more than a lot of people are going to expect. He, he got put into some bad situations last year. Confidence killer, especially uh, – when he got he got put in on like the two yard. I can't remember what game. It, it was, was the Notre Dame game where they put him the in. Notre Dame, yeah, put him in, literally on like inside our twenty and inside our five, five two yard line. <laughs> if I don't recall, throws a pick for it. It was just a horrible situation. And then obviously come in and do great against North Carolina, but like we said, North Carolina's defense was not that. Um, he just was. Not having experience against some of these defenses, I think uh, coming in in bad situations, it just didn't help him last year. But this year, I think he's going to uh, be dialed in. He's got a new offensive coordinator that um, has shown, has proven himself a little. Um, but then, like you said, Shifley and Moffa are going to have to take the brunt of this load in the beginning until Cade fills it out, which I think they can do. And our offensive line is doing great. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, where you have to, our secondary is going to be what's key to really big key, especially with Duke and their passing game. Um, and I'm saying no disrespect to Duke. Um, they definitely can give us a run for our money, and if that secondary can't hold up, it doesn't really matter what we can do on offense if our secondary can't hold up. We've proven that in the past. But um, I'm excited to see what Xavier Thomas does this year. He's come back, I mean, just straight beast. What is he, like 4% body fat at this point, I think? <laughs> like he, His transformation has been crazy. He's He was hurt his first – couple seasons and last year didn't do too much but um i'm really excited to see what he can do this year and uh yeah give me clemson uh to cover this one although i don't think we're gonna blow them out in the water and it's gonna be a really good game until probably about the fourth quarter midway probably about 12 minutes ago we might pull away then but we'll, we'll be on the edge of our seats for the first half i know that yeah i like our linebacker four so 
I'm not worried about them scoring as much. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Um, 13, minus 13 was actually surprisingly uh, lower than I expect this. Um, I think, I thought this game was actually, be, the spread was going to be closer to like 20. Um, Duke had a good year last year. No props to Blue Devils. I um, think some of that was just the factor of that teams are in the division just supporting that as good. Lost a lot of players to either the NFL or the team just didn't pan out as well as I thought they would. Um, I think Clemson wins this game easily. Um, rather it's K balls out or not, I don't think it's irrelevant. I think just this offensive line is going to push this defensive line and Shepley's going to just run the ball down the throat. I think the defensive line is going to manhandle this offensive line. I like a new schedule last year. Um, the probably best defense they played against last year was probably Pitt. I remember looking at this right. Um, that they still lost North Carolina. They still lost to uh, the loss of Pitt, which was a close game. Fair to them. Um, Duke wasn't approved. I think they have the year. I think they're still going to go to a bowl. I think seven wins is kind of like one target. But I guess Clemson, Clemson's by far the most talented team in the ACC. And also the favorite for a reason. Um, I think Clemson handles this. Not only handles, um, honestly, I'll probably take him at 21, honestly. Unless, like, uh, unless uh, guys have a choke out and just, like, fuck up completely or something. I just don't see this being a close game. I think it's over by halftime. I also you haven't seen this play the last two years, huh, Nick? True, <laughs> true. <laughs> 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 But I'll take them uh, not just not just the uh take the spread, but also take uh the over on this game. Um I think Clemson's fifty five. Fifty five. I think Clemson at least puts up forty and do might put up seventeen, twenty. In garbage time. Not garbage time goes and stuff. And stuff. Uh but uh but that that's our last game to put the cap on. Um, any um, any thoughts on the season coming up, guys? I know the Florida game is about to kick off now, so I'm gonna hold hold anyone up. But uh, crazy crazy thing I saw really quick before we wrap up. Uh, Texas will play the same quarterback three times in four years, as uh, he, he keeps transferring. Man, he went from Southern Cal to Georgia to West Virginia. Now he's at Rice. That was uh, JT Daniels, right? Yeah, JT Daniels, which is the craziest thing to me. I feel like he looks at Texas' schedule and see who's offering him, um, which is insane. But, no, that's all I have. Hopefully uh, we win some money this week. Yeah. What about you, Jacob? Any last thoughts for the week, week one? Yeah, I'm just glad football's back. Um, excited to just see what every team – what team actually emerges this week is – all the underdogs we talked about are dark horses. See if anybody emerges that we've got on our radar. So, go Tigers. Yes, sir. Heck, heck yeah, man. Um, I guess my closing remarks um, two quick extra bets if y'all want to throw this for Saturday. Um, this is kind of like this is like my uh, my dimes, I like to call. Um, Texas Tech minus 14 in Wyoming. That's a good cover. Um, and Illinois minus nine. Against Toledo, I think that should be should have been at least double digits. Um, two bets, kind of keep tabs on. Um, you want to make some quick, easy money. Um, Texas Tech is actually a dark horse. A lot of people are kind of choosing them 
be the dark horse win the Big 12. They return a really good defense, which sounds weird even saying a Big 12 team. Um, but other than that, man, the college football is back. Uh, we're excited for it. We got four straight days of just football, football, football. Five, it's four. Yeah, four, five, right? Five, shit, yeah. Five. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five, yeah. Yeah, man. So with that, this is Labor Day weekend. We're going to get it rolling. We survived a hurricane. The hurricane came and stopped us from watching our football. I was a little scared by the hurricane. Fucked up that four state LSU game. Um, but with that being said, appreciate you guys coming on for the first episode. Uh, hopefully have, this can become a weekly thing. I'm um, working on viewership. If you're watching at home, please subscribe to me on YouTube or Facebook. Whole City High. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Jacob. This is your boy, Nappy Nick. We out. So good luck, dog. Florida. Let's get this money. All right. All right. Thanks, Alice. See you guys.